Punishing children for the inequity of their parents, 
to the third and the fourth generation of those who rejected but showing steadfast love to the thousandth generation of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not make wrong use of the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not acquit anyone who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. For the six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work, you, your son, or your daughter, your male or female slave, your livestock, or the alien resident in your home, in your town. For in the sixth day the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in it. But rested the seventh day, therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and consecrated it. Honor your father and your mother, so that your days may be long in the land that the Lord God is giving you. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not be a false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house, you shall not covet your neighbor's wife, or male or female slave, or ox, or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. The word of the Lord.
Passover of the Jews was near, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple, he found people selling cattle, sheep, and doves, and the money changers seated at their tables. Making a whip of cords, he drove them all out of the temple, both the sheep and the cattle. He also poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. He told those who were selling the doves, Take these things out of here. Stop making my father's house a marketplace. His disciples remembered that it was written, Zeal for your house will consume me. The Jews then said to him, What sign can you show us for doing this? Jesus answered them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews then said, This temple has been under construction for 46 years, and will you raise it up in three days? But he was speaking of the temple of his body. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. The Gospel of the Lord. Rapid. As a nation, we began by declaring that all men are created equal. 
When the know-nothings get control, it will read, all men are created equal except Negroes and foreigners and Catholics. When it comes to this, I should prefer immigrating to some other country where they make no pretense of loving liberty. To Russia, for instance, where deputism can be taken purely and without the base alloy of hypocrisy. Abraham Lincoln, in a letter to Jackson Speed, in 1855. These words have stayed with me since November of 2016, and it seems that last year was the longest year of my adult life. We are in an era of dysfunction in our civil discourse and in our political climate. It seems that the American way is now centered on spin of the truth. Maybe not even the truth. Lies, misinformation. And it's centered on greed. Where loyalty of political party comes over, even trumps the country. It's us versus them, white versus brown and black, and there's hate instead of making us great. Our society is one that is so fragmented, it's almost as if we are in a civil war, where those words came from, in the antebellum period, from Abraham Lincoln. Dialogue and vocabulary are now from the gutter. I call it the verbiage of garbage. There's fear-mongering, and there's nothing but division that's being propagated in our country. And those very people who call people coming here seeking to have a better life, the people who call them illegal, forget that they themselves are descendants from the first illegal, undocumented terrorists, Europeans. The loss of the full truth in our common narrative has kept us from holding on to the meaning of our lives and the purpose of our life together. The truth and our common narrative used to give us a framework. I think that frame has been broken. Many say that they have faith, but today it seems that Christians, Jews, Muslims, Sikhs, Buddhists, whatever religious strain that you are part of, we in America tend to be both at the same time fluid and wanting to be grounded. We want rules and morals, but we don't want them to buy this. They're really only to fit the situation when it's convenient. We want the benefits of having anchors, but we don't want their limits. And so, we face realigning our values and loyalties against our actions and our desires. We say we seek hopeless, that we hunger to be a united people. At the same time, we want the freedom to do what we want, to choose what we want. And with a broad brush, we color people from another country 
as possible terrorists, forgetting that, especially with Muslims, Christian history against them and Jews, that we were terrorists in their homeland. We say we want a strong faith, we want to do what's right, but often we create our own doctrines. Jesus and the scripture are not always employed in our daily lives from moment to moment to moment to moment. I know that because it's hard for me sometimes. And I wear that big old hat and carry a big stick. It is hard because we get in the way ourselves. We get in the way of getting closer to God and with each other. And often we use our faith as a billy club of judgment and self-righteousness or as a whip of arrogance and prejudice. The cross is more like a line in the sand of saying who's in and who's out. And people are more worried in some parts of the Christian church of being correct than rather being right with God. Rather than serving the needs of the poor and those who are disenfranchised. No wonder so many people are turned off and tuned out of the church. We look like hypocrites. As I said, the problem is you and I get in the way. Our egos, our passions, our greed. We're not always able to see beyond ourselves. Not to see God's will for us. God made a covenant with us, with all creation. It is universal. That covenant is kept by our relationship with God, and that is particularity. God demands our total loyalty, but we often are looking for the escape clause. We have a covenant with God, and it's literally said in our first lesson today from Exodus. It was sealed in the Exodus. It is the Ten Commandments. But notice those Ten Commandments bring us not only in relationship with God, but with all of God's people. To be in relationship with God means you are in relationship with others. The first three of those commandments that you heard, thou shall, are about God, our relationship to God. The other seven, the majority of the Ten Commandments, are about our relationships with others. This is why Jesus' anger flared in the temple. It was being turned into a marketplace, displacing God with money, gouging others, exploiting others, taking advantage of others, using the opportunity to ingratiate oneself. Seven of the Ten Commandments are about how we honor, respect, support each other. And that's why this anger flared. To be with God our relationship with God is to pull us into conversation with others. That the context of our individual life is with others. We cannot be Christians as solitary beings. We cannot. We must not. The late, and I would like to say great, Bishop of the Diocese, the Episcopal Diocese, of Jerusalem came to these shores several times and ended up retiring here. And Samir was a good friend of mine. I love Samir. 
at a conference about racism in this country, he talked about the Christian faith in this way. Samir, Palestinian, a Christian, said, the great Christian faith was one on the cross and was born at the empty grave. A faith of strength and love, of power and humility. And that great faith left Jerusalem, went across the Mediterranean, where it landed in Greece. And that Christian faith became a philosophy. <clears throat> and then it moved on across the Asiatic and went across Italy and landed in Rome, where that faith became an institution. It marched on across Western Europe, came to the shores of the Great Seas and went across the Great North Sea and landed in the British Isles, where it became a civilization. And finally, that great faith, born in Jerusalem, came across the mighty waters of the Atlantic Ocean and landed here in the Western Hemisphere on these shores of America, where it became an enterprise an enterprise to take land from Native Americans using the gospel saying, we're making them Christians. Or to go into the land of Africa and bring my people here say, we're making them Christians by degrading us. That was the enterprise of Christianity at the founding of this country. We are in a covenant with God. We must engage in that covenant of love, of respect, of being in relationship with others and not retreat from them. Because the message about the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those of us who are being saved, it is the power of God. In this time, in this difficult season, the words that come to me constantly are those words I've said again in my family. That for me to be in relationship with God, I must address our common life with and in and by God. God has been covered with each and all of us, and it's supposed to be, and is in our true body politics. We are called to be the body of Christ and to proclaim Christ in what we do and what we say and how we relate to each other. This is the temple of God. It is not an enterprise. But I have hope, even in this season, which will change to another. I have hope.
with a glory in his bosom that transfigures you and me. As he died to make us holy, let us live to make all free while God is marching on. Glory, 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 hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Thank you. 
God's table. There are no outcast strangers or unwanted guests. All are welcome to feast at the table of our Lord Jesus Christ. So please do come and be fed. Let us walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself as an offering and sacrifice to God.
Thank you.